Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, the Ohioan podcast, we're having the Steelers podcast as part of it. And, again, you might be sitting here like, this is Ohio. Why are we talking about the Steelers? Well, the Steelers are the best football team. And, hey, if you're in Ohio, you should be a Steelers fan. And I am a Steelers fan. I live in Ohio. And Paul's from Ohio, even though he's in Pittsburgh right now. He now lives in Pittsburgh. Great move. Hey, he's a Steelers fan. And <laughs> Joe Frost. From our- Cleveland. Yes. Not, yeah, not yes. just Ohio, from Cleveland. And Joe Frost, one of our co-hosts, he's got family obligations today, so he won't be here. He'll be back next week. He's a Steelers fan. Although he lives in Mississippi, he's Ohio native, and he's a Steelers fan too. So, hey, this is just our recommendation. Start liking the Steelers. You'll be ha- you'll be a happy person. So <laughs> this is going to be kind of weird. I'm looking forward to this. Um, this is kind of like the first in the real off-season shows for us. We weren't sure about what we are going to do. But we're going to kind of take a look at the moves that the Steelers made. There'll be a little speculation because always there's rumors going around. But we're going to try not to talk as much about rumors because we could be here all day talking about rumors. So I'm going to try to keep that a little bit more to the minimum. But um, So let's first start talking about Marquise Pouncing. Now, this isn't official official, but we saw some speculation the night the Steelers lost to the Browns. And there's some reports of the weekend saying, hey, He's likely gone. Um, Paul mentioned to me before the podcast, I guess Big Ben is trying to talk him out of it. So we'll see how good Big Ben's persuasion is. But this could be in for pouncing. Any surprise? Uh, no. I mean, the, the report from Jim Connolly on 93.7 The Fan here in Pittsburgh this morning was Ben is trying to convince Pouncey to come back. Um, but all signs seem to point to Pouncey retiring. Um, uh, honestly, and I've, I've kind of danced around this the past couple weeks. Um, I, I'm at a point, I mean, as a Pittsburgh sports fans, the pirates have fully embraced a rebuild, uh, as painful as it is. Um, I don't think the Steelers need a total rebuild, but I think they need maybe a soft rebuild. And I think it's, it's, I, I'm not so sure that Pouncey and Ben should be making this decision for themselves. Uh, I think the Steelers should say, Hey guys, we need to move in a new direction. Uh, that's just me, though. So you're thinking like a Troy thing, where they go up to Troy and say, hey, we don't want you to see you go in the Never team. Just retire, you know? And I know that led to a little bit of issues with Troy, but that probably was the best news there for them. Um, so do you think, I know in the past, Ben and Pouncey say, hey, we're going out in a blaze of glory. You know, one goes, we all go. You think that's going to influence Ben's decision? Assuming he does retire. Now, again, he hasn't made the final decision. Uh, again, more and more evidence seems to point to Ben's planning to come back. And mm-hmm. 
Now, whether he brings Pouncey with him, I don't know. Um, and again, I I love Big Ben. Uh, he should be in the Hall of Fame. I look forward to that. Maybe I'll go to that induction. Um, I've loved everything he's brought to us, but I just don't think he has it anymore to be the guy that he wants to be. Um, and es- especially the $41 million cap hit that he's going to bring. Uh, right. I just can't. For what he brings, yes, it, it can be amazing, but I, I don't think he's a $41 million a year quarterback at this point. So I, I love him, but I need him to ride off into the sunset. And I think you could say the same thing about Pouncey. I think he's still above average, shall I say, but there was some drop-offs. I mean, you know, most – Glaring was obviously the one where he snapped the ball over Ben's head on the first play of the Browns game, but there were some other steps where I, I think he's still a good center. Maybe he's not worth the money he's being paid. Um, I I kind of wonder about this too. I saw a tweet over the weekend saying, "Look, if this goes down, Pittsburgh's drafting a center in the first round or two, or they have to go out and get a veteran center." So I'm seeing this report from USA Today. They're saying that if he does retire. I, I guess it saves them eight million in cap space, which is good, but they got six million dead money on their books. So I, I think Pouncey's number was like fourteen and a half for next year. So if he goes through with that, you've got eight million to play with. And again, like I was talking about last week, I think the Steelers need a good center. Now you're right. Maybe it's rebuilding time, but I still think if it's rebuilding time, you still need a good center to keep your quarterback upright, whoever that quarterback might be. Um, so. I'm wondering if, you know, if they go the veteran center route, it's probably going to cost you every bit of $8 million to get a guy capable of starting. And if you go draft route, obviously that's another big need that you're off to fill pretty high, which if they draft a bit high, and I, I don't see why they shouldn't. Obviously, that's one less pick to pick some of these other guys we were talking about last week. So I, I'm wondering, like, if you're the Steelers, should you step in and say, hey, dude, can you come back at least for one year? Because if you don't, now we've got more holes to fill. That's the thing that's been kind of going around my mind. Uh, see, I think I think we touched on this in the preseason that I think Pouncey is largely living on his reputation more mm-hmm. than his actual output right now. And – if whether you bring in a veteran free agent or even draft somebody, what is really going to be the gap? I mean, obviously uh, he's got a great Pittsburgh name, but Hassenhauer, um, yeah, yeah, there's there's a, a good bit of fall up there. But if you draft a first round center, um, are you really going to have that drastic? of an underperformance from what you had with Pouncey this season. Um, well, and, yeah, I, and again, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think we need to rebuild. I think we need to retool on offense uh, a little bit. Um, so I, I, Pouncey's great. Love him. Obviously. I, I don't know that we're going to see that big of a drop off. Even, even if it's Hassan Hauer, um, if he comes back and has some more work and, uh, summer camp and stuff, maybe he can step up his game. I don't see a big enough fall off to justify we, we've got to bring him back. 
Okay. I, I'm looking at centers, and I believe these are centers that are available. Um, no, these are centers for last year. I, I wonder, and, and again, I haven't looked at the upcoming free agent center list, or I, I haven't seen a lot of centers in NBA, NBA, NFL mock drafts I've looked at. Um, now, again, I don't think you have to pick a center in the first round. Maybe you can go second or third round. I, I think a lot of it might depend on who's out there. I mean, if there's guys out yeah. there that they could pick up, I think it's good. I kind of wonder, because you're right, I, the Steelers could be rebuilding. I, I think we can't just sit here and say, all right, they're going to be a Super Bowl team no matter what next year. Uh, it's going to be tough as, as we and we'll pro- we can talk about this a little bit later. The Chiefs look good, <laughs> and I it's going to be hard to come to the Chiefs level next year. I'm kind of wondering though if do they still have enough talent to say, okay, let's try to make a run for it without completely breaking it down. And I'm wondering if Ben comes back for another year, is there an argument to be made of okay, let's have Pouncey but let's make sure we draft a center early or let's make sure we've got a good capable backup. I'm, I'm not sure if Hassan is that guy and Grant, he needs seasoning. He needs time. Maybe with a good off season of programming and practice and everything, maybe he could become a decent guy. I'm boy, you, you've got more confidence house than I have. Now again, they could always pick up somebody. I, I think it'd be good for them just to take a look and say, okay, if we let Pouncey retire, it's up to Pouncey, but if they could try to talk him back in, are we sure that we can pick up a guy that's good at $8 million? Because the thing that scares me about this free agency stuff is you know day one of free agency, there's going to be guys that are overpaying. You know what I mean? So whatever oh, yeah. centers are available in free agency, can we get a guy that can even be at least a dependable starter for $8 million? I'm not talking picking up a Pro Bowl, Mike Webster, you know, Demontre Dawson, you know, Marquise Pouncey in his prime. I'm hoping they can at least pick up a, a decent guy because Paul, what scares me is if they don't, and you're right, Pouncey's living off his reputation, but I'm hoping at least we get somebody at least to that level of a guy who's living off his past reputation. I'm not sure if they can get that. And you're right, the offensive line was a mess last year. They need to address the offensive line, but uh, it's scary, man. You're still looking at 20 million over the cap, and you're looking at 19 free agents, and, and you're going to lose people. I mean, I, I would guess you're going to be lucky to keep maybe three, four, or five. And I'm talking lucky of anybody. And I wish that was being you could keep Bud Dupree. No, Bud Dupree's gone. I mean, Juju's probably gone. <laughs> I mean, probably three or four of those guys, period, could possibly come back. And and it it's – I mean, we've been Steelers fans long enough. That's how we roll. And the Steelers have done well. The Steelers are a smart team and everything. And that's why I'm wondering, can you coax one more year out Pouncey, but still draft the center pretty high and just have a plan ready? I, I guess the thing that troubles me a little bit about the Steelers in general is some of these guys are approaching retirement. I'm not confident of the backup plans. And we'll talk about quarterbacks in a second. You know, you look at quarterbacks, center, and the other thing. I, I just wish you could at least say, okay, here's a guy that at least could fill in the gap for a year. Yeah, I don't think Hal Sonner's that guy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, by giving him credit, uh, let's say, uh, I'll be generous and say, let's say as of today, we rate Pouncey as a 7 out of 10 as a center. Let's right. say Hassan Hauer is a 4 out of 10. Um, 
maybe he can bump that up to a five for next year. Um, five to a seven. Uh, how, and I, I think if I felt like we had a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl next year, I would say, you know, let's kick that can down the road one more year, get these guys back, let's do this. As I look at our schedule, as I look at what else is happening in the AFC, I don't see it happening. Um, I don't even see us winning our division next year. Uh, the Browns have a ton of confidence now for the first time in 40 years. Uh, the Ravens are always going to be tough with Jackson. Cincinnati is going to be a lot tougher next year. Uh, I think we saw this season. I mean, as exciting as that win streak was, uh, we grumbled about it at times. That A lot of it was we kind of got lucky. Uh, There's a lot of smoke right. and mirrors. And we, you know, everyone said we were the worst 11-0 team in history. And there's probably a lot of truth in that. Um, we were a hair's breadth from being a four and 12 team uh, this year. And I, I don't, especially losing all these free agents, I don't see how we better that next year. And so I'm looking at, we're going to hover around 500 next year. And is it worth bringing all these guys back for an eight and eight season when we could just go ahead and start with a retooling process? All right. And, I'm making a mistake of looking up information, having a pop-up ad play up. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> and I kind of wonder about this too. And it, you bring up an interesting question. How is it, like, I, I look at NBA. You know, when LeBron James became a, a draft pick, um, you say, okay, the Cavs pick him. And automatically, he means 15, 20 more wins for the Cavs. You start to put guys around them, and he, the Cavs go from a horrible team to a playoff team his first year or close to the playoffs, and then you bring in a couple guys around him, and now we're a championship-level team. I'm wondering, though, if in football it's different. Like, I think back when they drafted Big Ben. Uh, they were a team, you know, they had Tommy Max. They were a playoff contender. They definitely didn't seem to be a Super Bowl contender. So you bring in a guy with Big Ben's ability, he comes in, and now – because of his skill level and his talent, he takes a good team and he makes them just a little bit better. What worries me about rebuilding with the Steelers is, you're right, I, I don't think we can just sit here and say, all right, bring the whole crew back, we're going to challenge for a Super Bowl. I think we're a possible wildcard team by doing that, but we're definitely steps behind the Chiefs. But I'm wondering yeah. if we rebuild too much, the issue becomes <clears> – <throat> One guy doesn't transform a team. I mean, even if there was this guy that was like, if Walter Payton was available at 24, you know, some guy out there, like if the dude, the Najee Harris guy that I liked, what if he is the best running back in NFL history and he's available at 24? Even somebody like him makes the series better, but it's not going to really mean eight wins alone. You, you know, you almost have to – build on that. So I, I think that I like what you're bringing up because it, to me, it's a tough question because yeah, if you keep all these guys, they're going to be overpaid and everything. But if you let everybody go, do you really go to Brown's level from like 10 years ago to the point where, I mean, it's years to rebuild. It's not just saying, okay, let's take that step back for a year or two. And then, Hey, we could be back up. So Maybe it's ludicrous for me to think this, but I guess my thought and everything is even if Big Ben retired, even if you're right, the schedule looks very daunting next year. It could be tough. I'd rather have a year or two of seven to nine and you're still putting money in the team and maybe 
with that good draft class or maybe that free agent they could pick up if they make their salary cap make sense again, they're right back up in it. You know, that's what I struggle with. I'm not sure what the right answer is. Yeah, I I think about a couple of examples. Uh, The Cavaliers, you know, the the one Cleveland team I am still loyal to. Uh, Cavaliers mortgaged their future to win the NBA title, paid off, because they knew they had the best player on the planet. And so they went all in, they mortgaged the future, they got the title. Now, we're still rebuilding from that. Um, the Pirates. The, the Pirates aren't going anywhere. So they, uh, we brought in Ben Charrington. We've got to totally gut this and start over. I'm excited about five years from now. Right. The Steelers, next year, with as great of a – the defense will be our saving grace next year. Maybe maybe we're third place in the division. Maybe we make the playoffs and are a wild card out again. Um, is it worth going all in for that? And I guess for me, I'd rather say, you know what? Let's just go five and eleven, so that the year after we can be back to competing. So I'm not looking for a ten year rebuild project. Uh, I think there's a couple retooling on the offense to set us. I mean, you know. If, if Ben was Tom Brady, great. Um, let, let's keep riding it. He's not. Um, well, let me ask Yeah. <laughs> I'm breaking my rule here. I, I, I talked to you about this before the podcast. I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm going to break the rule. We've been talking for, what, 15 minutes. So l- let me break the rule just for a second. Because I, I think this is good because we kind of figure out what our expectations are for the upcoming year. So say this happens, Okay. You could bring your defense back. You're going to lose Bud Dupree. You're going to lose Juju. I think you got enough depth. Alex Highsmith is a Bud Dupree, but Alex Highsmith is going to be solid. So, so you're not – some of the big losses are going to hurt, but they're not going to destroy the team. I mean, I, I we've talked about this before. Deontay and uh, Chase Claypool and James Washington, that's a good one, two, three punch. You never know. You might pick up somebody else who could be decent too. Say – I'm thinking, so what you're thinking if they go, let's say they go offensive line. I'm going to talk a little bit later. I'm hearing a lot about this. Alex Leatherwood, he's a tackle from Alabama. A lot of people are saying he could be there. He could be a good pick for the Steelers. So if say you go offensive line the first round, um, if Big Ben comes back or not, what if you find that veteran like bridge quarterback, which I think Big Ben is, even if he comes back, or you know, there's talk of the weekend that Matt Stafford wants out of Detroit or somebody. If you found like a bridge veteran quarterback that isn't a stud franchise, let's say running back, we threw around Frank Gore's name. So let's say you get a veteran running back that isn't Jerome Bettis quality, but a guy that's decent, and, and you have guys back there. I, I can make the argument that if that happens, which probably would depending on their salary cap held that they're in, I think the Steelers could still be a 9-10 win team. I mean, I don't think they're a, a Super Bowl team by any means, but I I don't think they have to tinker that much. And then if you say this bridge quarterback retires after year two, like Ben probably would, and you lose some of these other guys, yeah, you're rebuilding, but hopefully by then you get a couple of good draft picks. And I I don't necessarily think the Steelers have to go to the 3-13, and 5-11 route. Do you see that happening? Like, what would your expectation be for a record if if something like that happens in terms of how the offseason goes? Hey, I, yeah, still think, I think it depends on. Yeah, I think it depends on how we pursue that retooling. Um, 
if we were to go like a Matthew Stafford, Frank Gore route, um, I think we could be a solid team with that. Yeah. Uh, if we're if we're going to go a rookie uh, out of the draft, or or let's say we go with uh, Mason Rudolph or something, yeah, we're probably looking at five and eleven. Um, right. Or Dwayne Haskins. Uh, um, yeah, but if we'll, we we'll go. <laughs> Now, I, I would like to look at what would it cost to get Matthew Stafford. Um, he's been on a horrible team and a horrible franchise, but the guy's a solid quarterback. Um, I, I just, my confidence in Ben was really shaken this year. Yes, he did some amazing things, but because that was our only option. And, you know, I, I, if we can get Stafford for $20 million as opposed to $41 million, I would go that route. I had a weird thought in my brain. I was actually thinking Philip Rivers could be a bridge quarterback, but Philip's already retired, so that's not going to happen. I, I, I think Stafford – I saw a report of the weekend that Detroit would want a first-round pick for, for, for Stafford. Boy, I don't know. But the interesting thing is Stafford's 32. You know, now Philip Rivers was coming back. You know, Philip's 39. Okay, he's not – he's a bridge quarterback at best. Stafford could be a guy, and I'm not completely sold on Matt Stafford. I'm not, I'm not a big Stafford guy. But, man, if you got a guy like Stafford, three, I'd say you can get three, four years out of him. He's coming in. I, I don't think he's a superstar. Now, there's been some argument saying, look, Detroit gave him really not much to work with. I mean, they had decent receivers. I think you can make an argument that the Steelers receivers they have right now is is every bit, if not better, than who Detroit has. I mean, it's been a while since Stafford's been throwing to Calvin Johnson. Um, I know he had some decent receivers last year, but I think Pittsburgh can match that. And really, Stafford had an awful offensive line. Now, I know Pittsburgh's offensive line hasn't been that good. But, but I guess what I'm saying is, if you got Stafford, it might cost you more, but maybe you're to the level where you say, okay, you're not Chiefs good, but you don't have to dip to that 5-11 level. Well, right. so here's the question. If you if you buy that argument and if you buy the article I read over the weekend, a first-round pick, you know, a 24 overall pick for Stafford might be too high to give up, though. I, like, I don't know if I'm comfortable if I hear that trade go down. I think if but that's all it would take. Left. Yeah. Um, he buys us three to five years, let's say. You know... If we were drafting high in the first round, no. 24th, if we can if we can build a bridge for the next three to five years and sacrifice that number 24 pick, I, I would explore that personally. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know that the line could get 24 versus the second round is going to be that big of a difference. I, I would at least explore it. Yeah, I think I heard Stafford might be – he's under contract for another year or two. And he's got that twenty and like a twenty-two million. Now I don't know if you would say, "Hey, please tear up my contract and give me a, a really high contract." I don't know, but I mean, it, it's something to pursue. Now again, I'm not super excited about it. I wouldn't say, you know, see a big Ben. It's Matt Stafford's time, but it it's an option. It's not the nuclear option, but it's an option. And so I, I guess what I'm saying is, yeah, you're right. The longer you go for it and it fails you're kind of screwing yourself more down the road. But I think, you know, if Pouncey plays out his contract, there's still going to be some dead money there a little bit. But if you can hang on to him in every year, 
maybe draft a center, even third round or something to try to develop him. I think he got a chance. Now, the Stafford trade intrigues me. The only problem with Stafford is you mentioned last week, and, and you're completely right. We got to go offensive line help. I'm saying, man, maybe we should go running back help. Well, if you make that trade, yes, yeah, Stafford is an established guy. You don't have to worry about if he's going to be good or not. But then on the other hand, that first round pick that we're debating running back, quarterback of the future, or offensive lineman, that's gone. <clears throat> so that, that's going to be tough. And I think the one thing that makes me feel better about that is I feel like Stafford brings more versatility. Where, I mean, this whole season, let's face it, every team knows they're. <laughs> It's going to be a five-yard pass, so just pressure. Um, if you now have the option of going downfield more often, more consistently with more effectiveness, now they have to back off and respect that. And so that could help alleviate some of the pressure that the offensive line – because we were incapable with – I mean, we have one deep pass a game, and we're like, okay, good, we have a deep game. Uh, going once a game isn't cutting it. If we can take that pressure – off the line to not have to face uh, eight blitzers. That might help. Uh, so having, uh, I mean, cause I, I think about what is Ben bringing to the table? What could Stafford bring to the table? Is it that big? Is there that big of a gap that's worth $20 million next year? Right. Um, I'm, let me look up this really quick since we're talking about this, I'm trying to figure out, Stafford's current contract. Well, it's not as good as I thought. Um, the cap hit for next year is thirty-four million for Stafford. It's twenty-seven million in twenty twenty-two. So you're not saving a ton of money, and you're still going to be in issues like if. Like if Ben if Ben retires, I think you save. I thought it was up to twenty million in cap in cap hit money, but you may actually have a little bit more of that if you bring Stafford on. So I mean, it's feasible. It's potentially doable. It might really put you under the hamstring when you look at other free agency or moves or anything. So it's a gamble. I mean, it's it's a little more a gamble than we originally thought. But I'm not sure. I mean, look at the Steelers' MO over the past. You know, they've been good since the 90s, and they've been through some quarterbacks and everything, but they never sat there and said, let's completely rebuild. It's like, let's try to reload. Let's spend up to the cap space and everything. I think Stafford could be intriguing, and maybe it may be time to say, hey, if Stafford's willing to come and you can make the trade work out, maybe say, hey, Ben. We love you, but it's time to retire. You know, maybe you can be that quarterbacks coach. You, you know, if that if those moves keep coming. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. Well, well, let's move on because uh, Paul has a Wonder Woman review that we want to get to. So we got to get through these other topics uh, because I know we're Steelers podcasts. We got to talk Steelers. But we got to talk some other stuff too. Well, what knocked us off the lead was we were going to talk about. Yes, uh, Paul brought up. Paul's never been a fan of Ohio State quarterbacks, so I know how he's going to feel about this. Let me quickly give my opinion. Paul, tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, the Steelers signed Dwayne Haskins, and uh, we had a lively chat. I was goofy that day, so I was making bizarre, weird jokes, and I apologize to Paul for weird jokes. But 
I ended up writing the story. I don't know if you saw that. Um, uh, wrote a story for Dispatch. We were trying to. There was interest here in Columbus because Dwayne's a former Ohio State quarterback. But long story short, Dwayne Haskins, uh, very good for Ohio State. He threw 50 touchdowns one season. He left early for the NFL draft. Uh, Washington, who's currently the Washington football team, selects him. Done. Really hasn't done much. I think he actually threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns. And not just on the field, off the field, he had some issues. Uh, Most notably recently, he was at a strip club. And with a mask and raising some more issues, and he struggled on the field, and Washington ended up dropping him. Uh, Pittsburgh signed him on a reserves future contract. I don't have the tweet in front of me. It made me laugh. Uh, Vince Williams, linebacker, um, somebody was commenting saying, "Well, what about Pittsburgh strip clubs? Is that going to, um, you know, threaten Dwayne Haskins?" And Vince had a quote saying, "If you ever seen the strip clubs around here." Yeah, nothing to worry about. So <laughs> Vince was swiping at Pittsburgh strip clubs, which I thought was kind of weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, Paul, I don't think Dwayne Haskins is your franchise quarterback. I think we talked about this at the beginning of the year when they picked up Josh Dobbs. And I said, Paul, there's no percent chance that Josh Dobbs is your franchise quarterback. I'm looking at Dwayne Haskins maybe a 5% chance because if if he goes back to where he used to be, Dwayne's got some potential. Now, again, I say 5 maybe 10% potential that he can actually do it. Reserves contract, the money hasn't come out yet, but reserve future contract is minimum at best. And there's more flexibility where they can cut him. So if he's going to the bad strip clubs, as Vince Williams calls it, in Pittsburgh, they can drop him. I look at it, and this goes back to our, our first topic, where the side cap, they're in side cap hell. No matter what they do with Big Ben or Stafford or anybody else, you're going to need guys that you can pay the minimum. So I think bring Haskins in, take the chance that there's he might be something. He's probably going to end up being a third-string quarterback if Ben stays or they bring in some other veteran. Okay, that's fine. But at least he's got some potential. At very worst, he could be your practice squad guy. So low risk, high reward, maybe low reward. I I don't see the risk because they're not minting him to be your next starting quarterback. He's Josh Dobbs. I, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. For me, uh, I'll, I'll get to the, the playing in a minute, but for me, the risk is the locker room. Um, I, I've heard so, – and – in Pittsburgh radio, there's kind of this movement of we're trying to convince ourselves this could be good. Uh, initially, it was like, uh, but now we're trying to talk ourselves into it. Um, there's there's no doubt he's got physical skills, but the dude is not right in the head. Uh, I think we saw that in Washington. Um, he's very immature, reports are saying, uh, reporters from Washington. Uh, my concern is what he could bring to the locker room and the kind of atmosphere he could bring to the locker room. Um, and again, the, the question I asked you and Joe on the chat was, who was the last good Ohio State quarterback and to make it yeah, to the I NFL? Really, and some guys have come out. Uh, I mean, Tom Zach is the last. I mean, not that Tom Zach was a great quarterback, but he was serviceable. Um, I remember, Ohio, and I think the gripe I have with Ohio State quarterbacks is it's such a system. I mean, they chose JT Barrett over Joe Burrow. So, I mean, that, that's just showing the, the approach to quarterback in Ohio State. Um, financially, it's a no, it's a no risk 
contract. I get that. Um, But, man, I I just think there's a danger of him bringing other guys down with him. Uh, That's my big fear. Well, and the other thing, too, is I was going to bring up what does this mean for the quarterback plans. I don't think you can answer that because I could see them saying, okay, Ben comes back, Haskins could be your three or your practice squad player. Or I could see they might say, well, we'd love to bring Ben back or make a trade for a veteran, but we're in salary cap and we can't afford to bring anybody on. So you can see if they made that move, then maybe you try to bring in a backup like a Haskins to back up Mason. Because you can't have – well, you don't have Duck Hodges anymore. But what I'm saying is who do you bring in behind him? Not that there's nobody out there, but you may not have any money to pay anything. I mean, they may be picking up guys from the minimum to back up Mason Rudolph. So I, I don't know if the Haskins thing really gives you a feel for what the Steelers are doing. I, I, I guess, to your point, you know, yeah, Haskins has some level of, hey, he could pay off and be decent. But even if he pays off and be, and be decent, are you really looking for a Mason Dwayne Haskins quarterback tandem? Maybe this is telling you that – I mean, I guess we'll find out for certain on draft day where if the Steelers don't draft a, right, a quarterback pretty high or if they don't make that move for Stafford, I mean, I, I guess the thought would be is they feel pretty confident Ben's at least come back for another year. But even if Ben comes back for another year, it goes back to the question the three of us were talking about last week we're going to be asking every week this year is, okay, who's that franchise guy? Because if you bring in – like if Ben's a bridge quarterback, I don't think you win five games with Ben. I think Ben's good enough, even as at his age, to still have him win seven, eight, nine wins. Where are you getting your franchise quarterback from? So I look at the Dwayne Haskins thing. I hope he doesn't bring the locker room down. I don't think he brings much to you, but I don't think he takes way much to you. It's a name we're talking about because he was a first-round pick. I, I don't see it. It's a conversation we're having in January when our team's out of the playoffs. And the only reason we're even talking about this is because Wayne Haskins is a first-round pick. They hear in Columbus we care about more because he's an old Ohio State Buckeye. You know, it's – But just one of the – Yeah. Keep in mind, he's been a free agent for almost a month and nobody else has touched him. So that's good. Yeah. And I, he's an arm. I'll put it this way. He's an arm that you bring in, and if he's – Behaved enough to stay with the team, and but he's not good enough to play. Maybe keep around for arm, and that, that's about it. I mean, he, he's almost – I think he has a chance of writing himself, and there's a chance he might become a very productive quarterback. Again, chance. I'm not saying chance. But I uh, – he is who he is. And I'll put it this way. Duck Hodges, the next thing we're going to talk about – you know, they didn't give Duck a contract. And I thought I was going to bring up today and say, well, maybe Duck could come back. Well, Duck's gone. Duck went to L.A. over the weekend. He's going to play for the Rams. I don't know if – I wouldn't worry if I'm Jared Goff. He's, I don't think he's going to start with the Rams. Maybe he's their third string or practice squad quarterback over there. But, you know, if Dwayne can replace Duck, fine. I mean, you, you know, I, I think – this isn't that big of a deal either way. And who knows? If things go south next year, maybe Dwayne has to start. But I, I don't know. Let's let's cross that bridge when we come to it. It, it is what it is. I, I guess I'm overall in favor of it because 
I think he's got some of a chance to be productive and some of a chance to be a good quarterback where I can't say that about Duck. I can't say that about Dobbs. And I'm, I can say a little bit more about Mason than I can Dwayne, but I can't say a lot more about Mason. So at least you're bringing in guys that have a shot of doing something. You're improving your quarterback room. Just hopefully Dwayne doesn't come in with a bad attitude, but you're not paying him money. Uh, so if he comes in and he's awful attitude, kick him out. And you can kick him out while you can kick out somebody else. So. I don't know. Any thoughts on Duck Hodges? I mean, we we love the fact that Duck won some games for us. I don't hate Duck, but you know, farewell. I mean, I don't know what else we can say. He, I mean, love his story, but at, at best, Duck was uh, dollar store brand Bubby Brister. So that's kind of <laughs> it's the end I, of the day for. <laughs> I had to laugh. I mean, Duck's impression and. I don't think he's lying about this. You know, he's a duck caller. That's why he's called duck. He's a country boy. I mean, he's not a big city guy. Um, he had a tweet going, don't worry. I've been to LA before. So it almost sounded like, you know, when you heard this, you're like, what's duck going to be like in LA? It's the big city. Is it going to make it? And he's like, Oh, I've been to LA once before, which is funny. That sounds like you and me talking, not like a pro athlete. <laughs> he's more like the country bumpkin. He's like, I think I'll make it in LA. So, Again, if I'm Jared Goff listening to this, don't worry. I, I, there's questions about Jared Goff, but I don't think Duck's taking away Jared Goff's job. Maybe somebody else will, but not Duck. So, very good. Um, pulling up my list, what else do we, we – a couple other moves before you get into Wonder Woman. Uh, a couple other things happened to kind of bug me a little bit. What was next on our list? I didn't have my list up. Well, let me bring up one of the other guys they didn't give a contract to was Dion Kane. Um, I, yeah, I like Dion Kane. I thought maybe he could be your fourth receiver, assuming you lose Juju. I, I, I gotta trust the Steelers that they uh, they maybe they didn't like Dion. I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised they didn't try at least uh, keep him to a futures contract. Uh, am I looking at this way too much or? Yeah, I mean, I I guess I look at the Steelers, and generally I, I think we have a good track record with receivers, so I, I trust their decision, whatever their, their plan is, uh, assuming that Juju's gone. Uh, they have clearly have uh, a plan in mind, and I, I got to trust that. Um, so I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. The only thing that makes me nervous, and again, we got to be careful because – I, I was a huge LJ Ford fan. I think LJ Ford's got some talent. I don't think LJ Ford's your next stud inside linebacker. But LJ Ford goes to Ravens. He's a starter. Again, good linebacker. I don't think we're losing a ton by losing LJ Ford. So maybe he's one of those guys in your team that you love, which you're like, okay, there's a reason why I think Deion Kane was, um, you know, dressed like maybe one or two games last year. So I'll calm down on Dion. He did get signed by the Ravens, though, which is troubling. So if Dion becomes a stud (laughs) receiver, I'll come back for the Ravens. I'll come back and say, hey, I told you so. And I I think he's got potential of being a serviceable receiver. Um, Hopefully he doesn't go to the Ravens and turns into, you know, Randy Moss against us or something. But we'll see. Ravens are picking up all our guys we're dropping. This isn't good. Yeah. And, and here's the other another reality with that topic. Uh, mm-hmm. The Super Bowl will have Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, let's talk about that in a minute because there's a couple thoughts I have, and because we're forty somethings, uh, there's another thought I had too. You're not gonna like my point, but I'm gonna try to make a point with this. But let's talk. I found my list. There's two other Steelers I just want to mention. Again, we're trying to focus on the moves. There's going to be some moves made throughout the offseason. Vance McDonald, nice guy. I liked liked him. I thought his salary cap was way too high going next year. Um, Yeah, in theory, it would be fun to have Vance McDonald on your team, but I understand why he's not. It was interesting. He had an interview with ESPN where he wants to set up a – Apparently, he's a man of faith. He wants to set up a, a Christian camp to help people that are stressed out over COVID. And I'm like, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I like Vance. I thought he was a decent blocker. I really thought, you know, with his cap number, even if he said he wanted to come back, yeah, he probably was a cap casualty. Uh, and maybe he saw the writing on the wall and he said, hey, it's time to walk away. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't sound like it was um... – you know, he doesn't seem disgruntled about it. It does seem like this is kind of following his heart right now. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's you know, a solid, uh, solid player, great guy. Um, I don't, I don't see it making a huge hit on us on the field next year. Uh, I think we can uh, find that elsewhere. But yeah, uh, sad to see him go. Just a, a, always hate to see a great guy go, but. Well, I hope they can find somebody. Again, we're talking a second tight end. I, I'm assuming that you they try to keep Ebron if they can keep him under the cap. Um, but even with the the thought that Ebron comes back, um, you're going to have to find a decent uh, veteran backup, and hopefully they can find that. I, I think the Sears have tried to draft those guys in the draft. Uh, they had Zach Gentry, who hasn't really done anything. Um, Je- Jesse James? Right, the, the old guy from that uh, they lost the Lions. I heard that he might get released because the Lions pay him a lot of money and he really wasn't performing. Maybe if the Steelers could pick him up at a decent salary or or some other guy. Hopefully, they get a veteran to back up Ebron. And again, yeah. I don't know if they can keep Ebron with the salary cap mess they're in. But again, make sure the guy that you're replacing him with is good because Vance McDonald's not there anymore. So if they, right. if Ebron becomes a cap casualty too, what do you have money to spend on? And, and again, that's my point of pouncy. And, and Ebron, he disappointed me in some ways last year, but again, make sure who you have to replace him is better or you're going way down a little bit. And then the last guy in terms of Steelers moves, and I'll do a quick look at Twitter to make sure we didn't miss anything this morning. Uh, Matthew Wright, the kicker. Now, um, I don't know what the rules on COVID is going to be for next year. Who knows what our COVID situation is going to be like in September. They did expand the practice squad, where I don't think you would have a kicker on the practice squad otherwise. But because of the COVID rules, uh, they have Matthew Wright. No reason to think that Matthew Wright was better than Chris Boswell. Now, Boswell's cap number is a little bit high. But still, I wouldn't say they should drop Boswell to keep Wright. But hey. Bravo, Matthew Wright. I like the fact he kicked for Steelers. I don't think he missed any kicks, and he helped the Steelers. Uh, I think he kicked in the Colts game, and some of the kicks he made, they definitely needed. So, hey, good for Matthew Wright. He signed a futures deal with the Lions. So, it'll be interesting to see. Hey, if we end up trading Matthew Wright for Matt Stafford, hey, that's a good trade for us. I think that'll be good. <laughs> we'll see how that ends up. Um any other thoughts on Steelers in terms of moves? I'm going to do a quick check to make sure nothing happened last half hour we need to comment on. 
Oh, nothing that jumps off uh, the table. To, I, I'm, again, I'm I'm not advocating a total rebuild, but I think it's time for retool. I mean, I, we're, we're experiencing right now what we've been delaying for a long time. We're being hit with that cap crisis. Uh, and I think this is just the time to pull the bandaid off and just do those retoolings that we, we're going to need to do next year. If Ben comes back, we're going to be in the same spot next year. So just, just get it moving and let's get going. Yeah. Before we get to Wonder Woman, uh, again, we're not focused on the playoffs or teams out of it. So I don't think we need to break it down too much, but there, uh, there's one serious point that you brought up and another one to want to bring up too. So let's quickly look at the games. Uh, the first one, which in, in my opinion should have been the nightcap, the NFC Championship game. You have Brady against Aaron Rodgers. And Brady started the game really great. He, he kind of threw a couple picks. He let the Packers back in the game. But, my goodness, 43, he goes to the new team. Yeah, the Buccaneers probably have more talent than the Patriots had the last couple of years. But, hey, I got to tip my hat to Tom Brady. I hate saying this. I'm definitely not a Tom Brady fan because he broke our hearts as Steelers fans a lot. But my 10 Super Bowls, I mean, there's been 55 Super Bowls overall. He's been to 18% of them now. God tip your hat. I mean, God recognizes. I, I never saw it. I remember, oh, I can't remember the Ohio State linebacker. I ran the Ohio State linebacker played at the time of Brady at an event. And he, he always carries around the picture of him sacking Brady. When he was off Ohio State, he sacked Brady when Brady was a member of Michigan. And we were talking about it. I said, dude, I never thought that Tom Brady was going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. And he said, yeah, even at Ohio State, we, I mean, we knew he was good, but we had no idea, even when he played for Michigan, that he was going to be possibly the greatest quarterback of all time. And it's just very strange. And like I said, Brady wasn't magical last night. Hey, he took his team up to Green Bay and they won the game. So, bravo, Brady. Yeah, I mean it's it's like when Jordan played. Um, I could never cheer for him, even though he was uh, the greatest thing we'd ever seen because he stood between the Cavaliers and the finals on more than one occasion. And Brady, I, there's no question he's the greatest of all time, but he cost us a couple Super Bowls. So that's. <laughs> And, and you mentioned this before. We'll, bring, well, two things to bring up about that game. Um, Antonio Brown, now, we thought he may have made a humongous impact on the Buccaneers. He hasn't. Now, he had catches. He scored touchdowns. But he didn't play yesterday. I'm not sure if he was hurt or if they just chose not to play him. But Antonio Brown's going to the Super Bowl, which has got to be a little bit frustrating for all of us. But, oh, well. Yeah. At, at least I, I would feel worse if – Antonio Brown came in like gangbusters and is their number one receiver right now. But again, considering the fact he didn't play yesterday and they still won, yeah, I think he's still decent, but I wouldn't, you know, make him out to be a superstar he was for Pittsburgh. Other thing that came out of the game that was kind of interesting, and again, we're, we're breaking a rule a little bit about speculation, but it was speculated from official sources. Aaron Rodgers, a little upset with the Packers. Um, Aaron kind of made some comments. He was frustrated with the Packers because they drafted a quarterback in the first round. Now, he played well enough where that quarterback they drafted never saw the field. Um, a little grumbly about the Packers, and they said, who knows, maybe the Packers move on. I mean, he's 1-4 for the Packers in the NFC title games. So it sounds strange that the Packers might move on, but maybe the Packers want to save some money. 
Pittsburgh was mentioned as option. I, I, I mean, let me look up his contract, but as I look it up, do you think that's realistic, or what do you think about that? I, Rogers is great. Um, I, I'm not seeing him as uh, I don't. I don't even know how old Rogers is at this point, but I mean, uh, yeah. Well, let me look that up. I'm 37. I mean, not good. <laughs> okay. I mean, see, you're not buying that much time, but I, I think I look at last night's game and the fact that Aaron Rodgers, when they went for that field goal down by eight at the end of the game there, I was waiting for Rodgers to say, over my dead body, we are going for this. Uh, and yeah. that, that made no sense to me. And the fact that he just, I mean, you gotta be like, no, you're going to have to drag my body off this field. We're going for it. I, I don't know what's going on there. Well, and here's the other thing, too. Uh, Rodgers is signed until 2023, which is a good thing. But here's the problem with Rodgers. He was at the top of his game this year, but say they made a move. Um, and I would think it would be a cap casualty, so I guess you could. You don't have to pay him this much. But I'm looking at his cap, uh, his cap details, and his cap details are saying, he would count $37 million against the cap next year, $39 million against the cap the year afterwards. Now, again, I don't see the Packers trading him. I would think it might be they would cut him to try to save some room on the cap. But, you know, I don't think Aaron Rodgers would come as a free agent for like $2 million a year. I mean, he's going to want to get paid like anybody else. So, I, I, I mean, even if you say $20 million a year, like say Ben retires – you could, there's a $20 million savings. I don't know. Even Rogers comes somewhere for $20 million a year. I mean, he's still playing yeah. really well. So, yeah, in theory, it'd be wonderful. But the, you got to understand that when you drop guys and everything else, there's dead cap with it. Like, you, you don't just get all that money back in one nice bonus and everything. <laughs> so, yeah. and the, the other game, I got to admit, I really didn't see it. I saw the score a couple times on my phone. Uh, Chiefs beat the. The uh, Bills by two touchdowns. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, like I said, we said last week, if Shannon is your starter, the Bills are in the Super Bowl, and Patrick is the starter, Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. That's what it came down to. Did you hear about that fight at the end of the game? Kind of brought back some no. memories of the old Mason Miles Rudolph thing. There was a little bit of a skirmish. I'm not sure the details, but um, Allen kind of got a late hit. He threw the ball at a Chiefs guy, and there was a small fracas. Kind of, I, I saw him for the first couple seconds. I thought, oh, man, this looks bad. Because it kind of looked like the Brown Steelers. Thankfully, it wasn't quite as bad. And they ended up playing the last three minutes of the game. But I'm sure frustrations. The Bills got a, a quick start last night. And then the Chiefs, like we talked about, they score in bunches. And it's hard to come back from it. So we got yeah. a couple weeks until the game. I don't know. I, I think the Chiefs over Bucks. Would you agree? Yes, but it's it's hard to it's hard to confidently bet against Brady. Um, yeah, on paper the Chiefs should win, but I would not be surprised at all if Brady wins another. Mahomes beat um, Brady in the playoffs last year uh, to get to the Super Bowl, but again, um, you know, apologies to Patriots receivers, but you know he's got a, a better core around him with the Buccaneers than he does the Patriots. It should be a good Super Bowl. I'm. I like the Super Bowl when my team's on it. I like it for the pop culture and the craziness to go around it a lot more than the game. But, hey, 
this might be one that it will be interesting game wise. Uh, yep. Brady, first Super Bowl quarterback to play in his home stadium. But again, they're, they're expecting about 22,000 max. And again, the Super Bowl isn't really home fans. Like, they don't give a, the right. tickets to all home <laughs> fans. There's going to be a bunch of people flown in that are first responders. They're actually going to watch the game. They're vaccinated, too. Uh, I was saying in our morning podcast, they should have filled up the same with vaccinated people. Then you could have a full, you know, crew there. But hey, NFL's doing some right moves. You know, they're kind of thanking the people that um, has helped, you know, COVID over the years and everything. So it should be good. And then, as yeah. you said, Le'Veon Bell, he didn't play yesterday. So I don't know if it was an injury, if it was COVID, what it was. But, you know, Hilaire didn't play the week before and Le'Veon played. So who knows? You might see Le'Veon in the Super Bowl. And <laughs> like I say, it is what it is. But at least Le- I would feel worse if Le'Veon was that stud running back. And he's in that right. mix of he'll probably get some carries, but he's not the 20 carry guy for the Chiefs anymore. And who knows? Um, he's a free agent. Maybe as soon as we get a bargain. We'll see. So, all right. So, any, any other right thoughts? <laughs> any other thoughts on the Steelers before we get on to the other part? No, just curious to see uh, how they approach this offseason. I was surprised when we first talked about this last week. And my reluctance about doing the Steelers podcast during the offseason is what the heck do we talk about? But, man, we got 50 minutes, <laughs> and I don't think we were – you know, extending stuff. There's a lot of stuff that happened last week. So, but we got, I don't know. I mean, I guess we could talk for as long as we want, but let's say about 10 minutes left. Uh, because again, there's other things going on for our lives. And when Joe gets back, we want to talk about those other things too. But, um, you know, you were out for a little bit. You had some per- family stuff and work stuff going on, but you got to check out Wonder Woman 1984 and you weren't that impressed. I was impressed either, but tell me why you weren't impressed with Wonder Woman. Okay, so <clears throat> I wasn't a big fan of the first one. I thought it was okay. Um, and I didn't read any reviews going into 1984. I just watched it for what it was. And at the end, I'm like, that was horrible. And I was looking, you know, does anybody else think this was a train wreck? Um, I don't want to get into spoilers, so I'll try to be vague. But the first 20 minutes or so are a flashback scene of her as a little girl competing in, like, these Olympic games. Nothing to do with the plot. The, the right. little moral of the story in that doesn't come back at all. So waste of time. Um, the whole thing with her boyfriend coming back. Okay. We spent, we wasted how much time just showing, Hey, here's this guy from 70 years ago, trying to adjust to life in the eighties. Oh, look at how silly that is. Nothing to do with the plot. Um, the way that he comes back, uh, he comes back, uh, we know he's back, so something weird's got to go on. But he comes back in another guy's body. A lot of weird, creepy things that come out of that. Uh, special effects were horrible. Um, Wonder Woman as a character, I, I thought, was fairly unlikable in this movie. I, I was rooting for Cheetah more than Wonder Woman. <laughs> um, I just think there's a lot of pro- a lot of waste of time on. I mean, you're flying a plane to go save the world from the villain. But by all means, take a little ride through some fireworks, have a little date, make it a little romantic outing while you're doing it. Um, just nothing redeemable about the movie. I mean, the whole thing with the 80s, other than you know the very beginning, you know, the shopping mall thing, and 
uh, Chris Pine trying to adapt to 1980s fashion. It could have been set at any time period. Uh, the fact that it was in the 80s was completely irrelevant uh, to the plot. So I I just think it was a train wreck uh, from beginning to end. Um, I don't know what they were aiming to accomplish, but it just didn't work for me at all. So that, yeah. that's the quick synopsis. <laughs> I haven't seen the new one yet, um, but from everybody I've talked to about it, here's what bothers me. And I, I'm very open... I hate the Hollywood bashing that goes on when you say, oh, Hollywood's being preachy. Well, whatever movie you're coming out with, there's a point you're trying to make. I mean, even if you come out with something benign, like a kid's movie that really – I mean, you're still – there's still some message going on. So I, I don't buy the argument for a second. But here's the thing that bothers me. I, I'm very pro-woman. I'm very – you know, I think women get the raw end of the deal – um, I'm, I don't know if I would say I'm a feminist, but I think society looks down on women for many reasons over the years, and it's wrong, and it needs to be changed. And I like the fact where people promote women. I, I think we need to do that as a whole. I think it's ridiculous, and, you know, say what you want about our current vice president, but it's ridiculous it's taken us, you know, what, what like almost 250 years to finally have a woman vice president. I mean, in general. I mean, I think there's a lot of women who could fit that role, and I'm thankful we finally have one right now. So, I just didn't like the fact that Wonder Woman, I liked the messaging it sent out. I thought the first one, it was hammering you over the head with it. Where, yeah, I liked the message. I, I, I want women to be supported. I didn't like the fact that they had to beat you over the head with a hammer about it. Um, I look at Lincoln. Um, Lincoln's one of my favorite movies. And I love the I love the message of Lincoln and everything. And looking at today's political climate, you could probably make some, you know, connect the dots with if you're Republican or Democrat or anything. But I like the fact that whatever messaging they were trying to bring out with Lincoln, it was simple. It let you connect the dots. I thought Wonder Woman was like bam, 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 bam. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, look, I want to enjoy a movie. Don't beat me over the head with it. Even though I support that messaging, I kind of heard that Wonder Woman two was kind of, you know, kind of going off on that a little bit, maybe. And I, I'm just don't beat me over the head. I, I and now again, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't want to make any overall comments on 1984. But I just nothing about the new movie kind of made me say it, it's a lot different than the first. So I want to check it out. No, I mean, I I think anytime you have a female lead, there's this perception that it's like some over the head message. Like I didn't, I didn't get that from Captain Marvel. I didn't get that from 1984. Um, in fact, I almost feel like it went backwards. Oh, in okay. some, Cause I mean, so obviously Chris Pine is back. We know that his character should be back. So something happens, right. but she has him back. And there's a moment where the world is literally burning down around her, but she doesn't want to let him go in order to save the entire planet. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I can't lose my man. It's like, lady, you're a superhero. The entire world is burning. You, yeah. yeah. I need my man. I need my man. And so, so, so it almost my, felt opposite to me. So did you hear my criticism after first movie and said, Oh, Chris is right. Let's completely go the opposite way. <laughs> Let, let's be dominated <laughs> by men. You know, I am. It's... But it, even that, you know, even then Chris Pine's character was, I mean, he didn't 
bring a lot to the table. Um, he, he was almost just kind of there for comic relief in a lot of ways. Um, I, I don't want to say the movie would have been better without him, but it was kind of a waste of time to reestablish his character. It, it kind of created a, a point of tension for Wonder Woman uh, later in the movie, but yeah, it, it just felt forced. You know, it kind of, yeah. And then, yeah, the, <clears throat> so I don't think this is, but he does come back to life in another man's body. Um, he and Wonder Woman have a night together. Um, so a, a lot of creepy implications of who's this <laughs> poor guy who was right. taken over by Chris Pine and just, yeah, a lot of issues that bothered me as a implication of that. So, Well, it, I kind of wonder too, and I, I think you're more of a superhero guy than I am. And it's fine. I, I've changed my philosophy on a lot of stuff in life. As long as it's not simple, hey, if you got a different interest, you got a different interest. Like, I used to get more bothered if people like stuff that I didn't like. Hey, so if, if you're a superhero fan, hey, great. You know, it doesn't mean we shouldn't hang out or anything. I'm not a big superhero fan anymore. I, I, I guess I just get frustrated. <laughs> this was a point of contention. I almost lost a couple of co-hosts the other day. Um, let's don't make everything into a superhero movie. I know they're doing well. I know they're selling a lot of stuff, but it's like Hollywood can't say no at all. We're we're, we're going to every superhero from today back until like 1740 when when our superheroes first started, and Hollywood can't say no to any project. Uh, I was joking. Um, you know, a highly top movie that's supposed to come out pretty soon is Black Widow. I didn't know what Black Widow was, and I saw him like, oh, it's a movie talking about the struggles maybe of. You know, a person of color who's widowed or something, and they they all laughed at me and said, "No, it's a Scarlett Johansson movie." And I'm like, <laughs> "What? I don't understand this." So Hollywood say no, but again, Hollywood's dictated by what we're spending money on. So I tell the general public out there, even those of you who like superhero movies, don't go to every movie just because it's a superhero movie. Make some choices so you force Hollywood to make choices and say, okay, maybe we say no to a superhero movie here and there. And I don't know. I don't know anything about Black Widow. I don't want to make any judgments based on the movie or whatever. But what I'm saying is, America, let's say no to us to maybe... Maybe 10% of the movies. Just say, okay, I won't hit this one. And then that way Hollywood doesn't have to remake every movie out there. Yeah, I mean, I think Wonder Woman is a case in point of that. Of you know, One of the tropes that's getting old very fast is geeky, awkward person who knows the superhero outside of superhero-dom uh, suddenly gets superpowers and now they turn against the hero. Um, which is what you had in Wonder Woman 1984. That is way past old. And I think the one thing I'll give Marvel credit for is, yeah, they're kind of the powerhouse of superhero movies, and they were starting to get old, but with WandaVision, we're seeing this shift in how they're telling the story and uh, kind of going into a new... Uh, just kind of some new territory, which uh, yeah. I, I like that Marvel keeps uh, recreating itself. Uh, DC seems to be still trying to catch up to the old, outdated superhero model. And that's, they just, I I tried to start Shazam. I got about five minutes in. I'm like, I, I'm done. Um, tried yeah. to watch uh, the, not, not Suicide Squad, but the Harley Quinn movie. Couldn't get more than 10 minutes into that one. Um, 
DC is just a train wreck right now. Um, I, I have hope for the new Batman movie. It looks like it's going to be a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I think Marvel is creative, uh, inventive, doing it well, even though they may be everywhere. Um, DC just needs to take a break and figure something out there. I mean, comic books yeah. have been hugely popular for a hundred years and that's why there's all these movies, but a lot of the, the concepts get very old, very fast. So you've got to be very yeah. creative. By it, again, it's not for me. I understand the allure and everything, but I get frustrated when, and I understand you're a little bit more hesitant than typical superhero movie fans, but I don't like it when the, person goes to every superhero movie starts to complain. It's like, say no. And hey, I'm proud of you. At least you're saying no to a couple movies, which is good. Yeah, Suicide Squad, never checked it out. My only allegiance to Suicide Squad is the band 21 Pilots. I don't know if you heard of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they actually started in Columbus. And I remember watching them when they were just a church band. I They were, they were never that known at all. And it was funny because they they had a song in Suicide Squad, and I liked the video for that song, but I've never seen Suicide Squad, so I thought it was interesting, but I don't know. I'm a 21 Pots guy. It's the only reason why I have any interest in Suicide Squad, so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah, my, my mind, it, it works in weird ways. So. Yeah, and the, the first Suicide Squad movie was kind of fun, but a little sloppy, too. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So do better, Wonder Woman. That's why I say, or or Hollywood. Hey, if you gotta cut certain movies out, cut certain movies out. It should be good. I, I mean, yeah, a- I'm not a filmmaker, but th- there were so many things that were just unnecessary with Wonder Woman. They could have made it so much better. Um, you know, you've got a villain that it looked like Wonder Woman wasn't going to be able to beat. Um, just. Yeah, just don't be don't be lazy in the storytelling. I, I mean, I, I think I think that's maybe kind of the point with the superhero thing is it it, it kind of gets lazy um, in the storytelling. Like you still got to write a good story. Well, if I could get personal just for a second, hey, I married up. I know your wife. You married up. We did well. We can't sit here and gripe of our marriages, and we shouldn't, and we, and we aren't. We're not. We're happy with our situations. I, I, I'm just saying that to make sure we all understand where we're at. But I, I get a little frustrated because Scarlett Johansson, and I griped about this for five minutes on the Arever podcast we do, um, she, her husband, Colin Jost, is a writer on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> so Colin Jost married up like, like really high. And I'm a little frustrated <laughs> about that. Hey, I'm happy with my situation. It's fine. I'm not you know, going after Scott Johansson, but that frustrates me how a Saturday Night Live writer is married to Scott Johansson. And that's my other upsetness of superhero movies, and that's why I got upset when I heard what Black Widow is about. So, I don't know. There's some personal angst in there, too. So, very tough situation. Yeah, I, whenever my kids refer to him, because uh, they're, they're starting to get into some Saturday Night Live stuff. Whenever they refer to him, I'm like, no, it's Mr. Johansson to you. Thank yes, you. <laughs> yes. And he's a decent writer. I enjoy some of his stuff. I'm not saying everything he does is bad or whatever. But I'm like, Colin Joe should not be married to Scott Johansson. There's got to be order of these things. It just doesn't work. So, and again, I hope they still I – mean, I'm all for marriages staying together. I mean, they're, they're married. Hang with it, guys. We're praying for you. But it just – it didn't rub me the right way, so. A lot of personal things come into my pop culture. A lot of things that you might not think of. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not excited about going to see, um, you know, Wonder Woman 84. Did you see it in the theater or, or were you trying on HBO Max? I, I do. Uh, watch it on HBO Max. Very good. Are you a fan no, the, of the H- movie? I am looking forward to this year, though. The one for me I'm looking forward to is the Dune remake. I am looking forward to that. Okay. Is that one that's going to be available on the HBO Max? It's interesting how HBO Max is doing it, where you can actually watch these from home now. Yeah, that's the plan. I think uh, I would love to. That's a movie I would really love to be able to see in the theater. It's not coming out until October, so hopefully by then theaters will be uh, functioning normally again because I would really like to see that on a big screen. Yeah. Did Wonder Woman, did that, did it falter because you saw it? I mean, I'm not sure how big your screen is a whole, but obviously it's not the movie theater screen. Uh, would it have been better if you saw it on the big screen? No, I don't think that would have. I mean, the visuals in it weren't like you, you had to, because there's some movies like you, I've got to see this on a big screen. Uh, that wasn't one of them at all. Uh, how- and I, I almost wonder if it would have worse because the special effects were so bad, uh, especially in the fight scenes, even just some of Wonder Woman's jumping. Uh, the effects were so bad. I, I wonder if the big screen would have just made them look even worse. So it may have been beneficial to see it on a smaller screen. George Thomas, we had him on before, an old friend of mine. It, it was funny because um, George is a big – he covers the Browns. He also covers uh, movies at the Beacon Journal. And he's frustrated because he says, hey, I got to watch some of these at home because I'm reviewing them. I can't always go to the theater. But he, he says a lot of his movies are, are kind of faltering because you can't see them on the bigger screen. Like, he, he's been a little frustrated. He's kind of an old-school guy. He says, I want to watch it on the big screen, and when you see it on a small screen, sometimes they don't work out as well. So, I mean, a, a movie like Dune, I think, needs a big screen. Star Wars movies need a big screen. Uh, just so much visually happening. Uh, Wonder Woman, IMAX couldn't have salvaged that writing and the special. Oh. That nothing would have made it a better experience for me, so. Yeah, very interesting. Hey, I, I got to mention um, two other things. You mentioned HBO Max. Uh, would you recommend HBO Max? I, we, we like to talk a lot about streaming. Are, are you pro HBO Max? Um, my son has a subscription. That's why I was able to watch. Um, it's not something I would have gotten on my own. Um, there's a, a couple good series. Like I started watching The Outsider based on mm-hmm. the Stephen King book uh, with Jason Bateman. Really good, but I stopped uh, just because I want to read the book uh, before yeah. I finish watching the series. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got it was a lot of the DC movies on there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's if I was paying for it, uh, I might pick it back up if that was my only option to see Dune. But that would be about it. I. I'm very into the, and it's hard to say one set list because we're all different people. We all have different interests. You and I share interests in the sewers, but we have, I'm sure if we really compared, you know, you're more of a superhero guy than I am. So it's hard to find that one definitive streaming service list, but I'm always trying to figure that out. And I'm almost to the point, um, I use Hulu for live TV, but I'm almost mm-hmm. to the point even with live TV where I'm looking at the NFL and they have a, 
subscription where they have Game Pass, where you can't watch games live, but seem to answer any of the other questions I have. So I'm almost tempted to do that and just say, hey, maybe I'll watch the Steelers games live, but you can listen to on radio. They have a live radio there. And I don't know. I, I might do something completely different next year. It's interesting. Um, yeah, it's always fun to watch the games live. But honestly, sometimes I'm listening more. Like, even if I have the game on, I'm on my laptop yeah. and everything. So listening would be good. So, yeah, we'll have to talk about that. Maybe that's an option as we get uh, closer to the season and everything. But I'm always kind of looking for what's that best mix of streaming service. And, again, it just depends yeah. on what you like or not. Uh, my wife is a big fan of the Goofy reality shows. It's on Discovery Plus. Uh, well, Discover. And um, she likes the HDTV, and uh, she likes the 90 Day Fiance. I think it's like TLC when that's on. Well, Discovery Plus is a new service coming out that we were interested in because they say, we give you all these channels and everything. The problem is they don't have current episodes of the shows. So my wife's um, guilty of uh, pleasure is watching 90 Day Fiance. They don't have the current season of 90 Day Fiance. So I'm like, come on, streaming services. Give us something that has everything to it, and we'll pay a little bit more for it. So it's strange. Um, now, see, I, I I could almost exist exist happily with um, Pluto because uh, okay. you've got twenty four seven classic Doctor Who. You've got twenty four seven riff tracks. I could be very happy with just those two Pluto channels for free. Uh, I'd be good to go. You know what I'm loving? It's not really a streaming service. Uh, my wife asked uh, for us to get YouTube Premium because she uses YouTube in their classes a lot with some kids' programs. And if you don't have Premium, YouTube it gives you a commercial sometimes every minute or two on there. YouTube Premium, I'll tell you, a lot of this stuff... Now, granted, you're not seeing brand-new movies or streaming or, you, you know... But if you're looking for news clips or sports clips or highlights from games and everything... Man, you can set yourself up pretty good with that. You know, there's some limitations, but YouTube Premium's kind of working for us, so we'll see. I, I wanted to leave you with this, and, and, you know, if there's anything else you want to add. Um, sports clerks, now, you're not, you didn't go to college for communications, but, you know, um, I don't know if you ever worked at a paper, but they have these sports clerks that they take college and high school kids, they bring them to the paper, and they are paid to get phone calls from coaches and they take the scores down. So a lot of the agate you see, like, you know, if it's a game that no one goes and covers, like you see like two paragraphs on, you know, Copley beat Akronese last night, you know, Paul Janczyk had 10 points in league Copley. That comes from these sports clerks. Well, gotta share, really excited. I used to work for the News Herald up in Willoughby and Brandon Staley, the new coach of the Chargers, was a sports clerk at the News Herald, which I thought was crazy. Wow. He may have been there when I was there. We didn't know the clerks that well. We didn't really hang out with him too much. But let me play his clip. This is Brandon Staley's press conference. He's a new coach of the L.A. Chargers. It's 30 seconds. I enjoyed it. Check it out. It was a sports, it was a sports clerk for the News Herald in Willoughby, Ohio. It's, it's, it's a great suburban newspaper. My high school tight end, Dan Murphy, his dad was the sports editor at the paper. So I was a sports clerk at the News Herald. Um, so that was something that, you know, I was one of these guys that just, you know, was memorizing things at a young age and kind of, a, you know, just a gym rat that way. So, um, you know, that's why I admire the work that you guys do so much, because I know I know how late I, you know, I've been a, a clerk late at night, you know, putting some agate, you know, together. So um, I can uh, I can appreciate um, the late nights that you guys go through. 
who's a sports I love that, Paul. I thought it was great. And I'm not a Chargers <laughs> fan. I mean, as a Steelers fan, hopefully I'm not sure if Steelers play the Chargers next year. If we play the Chargers, go Steelers. I'm not becoming a Chargers fan, but hey, go Brandon Saley. I thought that was kind of cool. Nice. Uh, there was also another clip. I don't have it saved for us to play, but um, he brought his kids in, and his kids met Derwin James there. Their big safety, and the kids were teasing them about getting his jersey and everything. So, hey, I'm excited. I never knew a sports clerk I used to work with is not an NFL coach. So, okay, it's a good feel. It was kind of fun. It kind of made my week last week. So, it was fun. So, nice. All right. Well, hey, anything else you want to add about Steelers or life before we conclude for the week? Nope. That's about it. Fantastic. Well, catch us next week. Uh, Joe Frost should be back. Again, we're going to kind of focus more on the actual moves that happen or serious rumors, as we heard um, with the Matt Stafford or Aaron Rodgers thing. Um, again, it's going to be a busy offseason. I wasn't expecting to have as much Steelers news this week as we had, but it's coming out. It'll be interesting to see what happens next week. So, yeah, we'll talk Steelers news, and if we have time at the end, we're, we're going to add in some fun stuff. Um do you have anything on your mind that we should talk about next week that we should tease? That's a good question. I'll have to think about that one. <laughs> Maybe you can give a quick review of Soul next week. I, I remember your Facebook post. You were agitated about Wonder Woman, but you are excited about Disney's Soul movie. Yeah, Soul is very good, I thought. Okay. Well, uh, we'll put it out there. That'll be a topic that you know we can go into and maybe anything else that gets us frustrated. I know Joe gets frustrated about a lot of things, so you never know it'll be on Joe's mind for next week. So, as always, Paul, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Thank like you. I said, not always the easiest Steelers news. It's going to get a little uncomfortable over the next couple weeks. I think we're going to start losing some guys that we don't want to lose, but hey, that's what happens when you're over the salary cap and you're trying to save some money. Hopefully we can talk yep. to the NFL. Maybe we can have no sorry cap so we can keep all these guys. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen pretty soon. So, well, thanks again, Paul. Have a great day. Um, hey, let you. me keep you for a little bit afterwards, and we'll see everybody else next week. All right, thanks.